Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to Aboriginal elders emerging. The following podcast contains content of a graphic, violent nature and is not suitable for children. Those of you on here that refer to Kylie as your sister, well, I know that family is not always blood and family is sometimes those that we choose, but she was my actual sister. There are some of you on this page that called her sister. When she needed you most, you let her down. And if this is hitting you in the feels, then I've got the right people. I hope when you go to bed at night, the last thing you hear is Kylie's voice. I hope the last thing you feel is how she used to stick her arms around you from behind every now and again and give you a big hug. I hope you hear her laugh when you're asleep. I hope you hear all of it, all of it. And I hope it haunts you and I hope it turns in your guts that you could have prevented it, that you probably caused it. Yes, speaking to you. I'm speaking to you directly. You know your involvement. You know who you are. I'm not going to stop. I am not going to stop. You've gotten away with knowing for far too long. I am going to torture all of you with this 
until you give her back to me. I don't care the state of the bones. I don't care the location. Ring Crime Stoppers anonymously and tell them where she is. No one ever has to know that it was you. Do the right thing. Kylie would. That's Kaz Schaefer talking on one of her Facebook videos. She doesn't mince her words and there's a very important reason why she's all about the socials. Kaz is doing everything she can, including doing multiple videos each week on Facebook and TikTok, to find her little sister Kylie Ann. Kylie Ann Schaefer was 19 when she vanished on September 11, 2004. After so many years, Kaz accepts that Kylie is dead. But how did she die? And who knows what really happened? Not much is known about Kylie's disappearance, except that she went to a party at a house in Willowarren, west of Kempsey, in northern New South Wales. This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. Come with us as we go beyond the news cycle to find out how people become killers, how people become victims, and what happens next. Here's Kaz to tell us about what her little sister Kylie was like. Kylie, Kylie was so special. She had the kindest heart. Physically, very, very, very strong. But even even Sue, her mum, would say quite often, you can't physically hurt Kylie, but words kill her. Because she was just so soft-hearted and so kind, she wanted to believe the best out of everybody. And I think it, it really hurt her when anybody let her down. I vividly remember the prior year, and my my brother has a hard time with this too. She turned 18 and had a big party, and my brother couldn't make it. She knew that I wouldn't be able to make it because I was, you know, running a, a household and everything. But my brother had promised her that no, I'm going to be there, and they were quite close. And when he didn't make it, she was devastated, absolutely devastated. So it, it didn't take much to hurt her. She was so kind-hearted. On top of that, though. She was very blunt. It seems to be a bit of a family trait that we say what we think and we don't mess about. She is not the kind of person that would play games. So if she had an issue, she would tell you what what it was and try and work through it. And um, there's a few accounts of that on her Facebook page. But she liked to resolve things. She didn't like there to be hurtful things. So she was a big softie, really. And I know some people gave you some stuff that she'd written about being a friend. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Uh, during all of this that I've been doing, there were a few different things that were sent to me just because of everything that that's happened. And a lot of people have reached out. And I've been really fortunate with that, that people have been so kind to send me little bits and pieces that, they've experienced with Kylie and one of the things that I was sent was a like a friend profile thing that was from one of her very close friends 
it was along the lines of, you know, favourite colour, favourite song, that sort of stuff. It just, everything in it was so hopeful for the future. They, you know, what's been your favourite day so far? I haven't had it yet. The best is yet to come. Things like what that you'd like, or what would you like to say to your year 12 mates? And it was just, I just want you all to live your best life. She honestly just was so beautiful um, in that regard. She just wanted the best for everybody and was really ambitious for the future for herself. So she'd be, she re, it was recently her birthday, wasn't it? So she would have turned... Monday before last, yeah. yeah. So she would have turned 35. Mm-hmm. It's like, so she's sort of frozen in time as a beautiful 19-year-old with the whole world ahead of her. Yeah, she really is. And, I mean, I've, I've got those, the cool friend profile and the answers on it sort of break me a bit, but it's just so beautiful, the innocence in it. And you were living in Sydney. You're, you're older. You and Kylie have different mums. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. So you were an adult, you know, living your life. Kylie was 19 and you're, you've got your own life happening in Sydney. So Yeah, so I was 32 when she went. Kylie went missing on September 11th, 2004. At the time, Kylie was 19. She just moved into a unit that she was renting and was just trying to better herself. She's a country kid, born and raised on a block of land that has no town power or water. So quite, you know, a bush kid that could sort of live on the land and was. So to better herself, she'd started TAFE and done the things you normally do when you finish high school. She'd been living out of home for probably two or three months and she attended a party five minutes from her parents' place, so my dad and my stepmom and... She was with people that she knew really, really well. And the story that I got at the time was there was a bit of a disagreement during the night of the party, like there is sometimes with young people, and that she was still quite angry in the morning and sort of said, I'm just going home and stomped off. Kylie was living near Kempsey at the time, which is in New South Wales. So tell our listeners where she was last seen. The far north coast of New South Wales, so not quite as far as Coffs Harbour, but it's on the Maclay River. So Kempsey is the major town and that's where her flat was that she'd moved into. But where the party was, was about 35 kilometres to 40 kilometres out of the town. So in quite a regional area, it's Kempsey hinterland. So it's quite mountainous and it's all on the river. So there's creeks everywhere and that sort of stuff. And then about another 5Ks away from that is our parents' place. So that's where she grew up, in dense sort of rainforest bushland. So when she said she was going off for a walk or she was heading home, you know, as you said, it's quite dense bushland, but she knew her way around the bush, didn't she? Yes, Mm -hmm. she absolutely did. So it was not unusual for Kylie to walk home from anywhere. In fact, both... Both the girls, Kylie and Tracy, have been known to walk to school when they're in primary school, which was 8Ks from the front gate as a crow flies. So it wasn't unusual. There's tracks running all along the top of the mountains. So where they live, a lot of the different properties back onto Crown Land, and there are trails up there that all sort of hook up. So she could have navigated her way quite easily because she's very familiar with the area. 
up to the top of the hill and walked along the bush track to get home to our parents' place, not home to Kempsey, but home to my mum and dad's place. When did it become apparent that she had disappeared? Now, according to what I've been told, it was around lunchtime that the people at the property realised that she hadn't come back. Because my parents don't or didn't at the time, sorry, have a landline telephone at all and there's no mobile reception there, the only way that they could let them let Dad and Sue know that she was gone was by actually physically driving to the property to let them know. As soon as they did that, then the then the search began, police were called and stuff. And the SES were involved too, weren't they, to search for her because of the, the bushland environment? Because of, because of how extensive it was, yes, I believe so. How long did the search efforts go for before it just became such a mystery to where she was? Things were scaled back after about four days. They did sort of indicate that they weren't looking for her to be alive at the time, but that was something that had been said candidly. But unfortunately, it was Kylie's mum that they said it to, unbeknownst to them, and then it was scaled back and then eventually completely called off. Yeah, that must have been pretty shocking to hear that, that they were feeling like they weren't looking to bring Kylie home alive. She was quite horrified. So, I mean, obviously I can't speak for my stepmom, Sue, but she at the time I know that she was quite horrified and I believe she actually said something to them to the effect of, I, you know, I don't know why you're saying that. How can you say that? But the, I think a lot of people thought that she'd just run away. What made people think that or say that she may have run away? The fact that there was absolutely no trace of her. So there wasn't really any foot tracks. And we did have Aboriginal trackers involved as well, Indigenous trackers. And there was just no trace of her. It was literally like she just evaporated. She just vanished off the planet. And because of some of the things that had transpired in the party, the fact that she'd been agitated according to all accounts was that maybe she'd hitchhiked and ran away. When the search didn't bring Kylie back, how did things progress? Were there police reports made? Did people speak to the police? Like how did your father and your stepmother kind of navigate this? Well, it's um, they tried to follow the normal protocols. So the people that were at the party that made themselves available made statements. Not everybody that was at the house at the time made statements for whatever reason. I, I can't really comment on that. But the statements that were made are all very conflicting. The process was basically they ask for help, they being my parents, ask for help. They got the absolute minimum. And then when the search was called off, they had to do their, their own sort of investigations. It's We're talking about a very, very small town, less than 100 people. So it was really just asking questions, listening, listening to people talk, having conversations, listening to rumours, unfortunately, because with any case like this in a small town, there's always going to be that element. And trying to do their own investigations, which came up ultimately with not much, just theories that couldn't be acted upon or proven and ultimately 
quite a number of years later, it all went to a coroner's inquest, which was declared death by misadventure because of the lack of evidence and the lack of activity by her tax file number and bank accounts. What's your understanding of the verdict of death by misadventure? It sounds like it would have been quite disappointing, quite devastating to hear that. It absolutely was because for people that are going through what my family is going through, it's almost like the authorities are throwing their hands up in the air and saying, well, we don't know. So I guess that's it then because really it's just, okay, look, if you want to declare her dead, then we can give you a certificate and you can move on with your life. But really you just, you you can't do that. It was really, really disappointing and just soul-destroying. I know that my father asked for the case to be left open and I believe that it is still open, but they don't act on it if there's no fresh evidence. To the best of my knowledge, they don't really do anything with it. It just sort of sits there like just dormant. You've got the Facebook page, but most recently you've also been using TikTok. When did you start saying, right, I'm going to get to the bottom of this, I need some information? Well, all along I've sort of fought to do that, but I was stopped very early on by my dad because he was really, really concerned that if I made it national, if I blew it up, then the fallout from that would be that the family would suffer. And my other sister, Tracy was five years younger than Kylie and obviously when your big sister disappears you take it pretty hard and it really did affect her in a negative way and also too he was worried about just copying flack and issues in the town because it is a small town so he'd sort of said to me don't you know just just let us do it let us do it so I, I couldn't sort of push too hard and then Social media came along a few years later and I thought, well, this is some way that I can at least do something. And so I created the the page for Kylie and I've shared it as much as I possibly could over the years. And then much to my father's dismay, I must add, he was worried that it was going to cause more trouble than good. And once he passed away, it was very much a case of, well, okay, I can sort of just roam free now and and do my best to find my sister's remains which is what I've done but it wasn't until I'd started with Facebook and started to get that organized I tried with Instagram and really didn't get much traction with that I got some but not much but then it was only probably about four weeks ago now maximum that I discovered the multiple uses for TikTok. I'd gotten TikTok about two months ago and was just doing what everybody else does, watch this funny video. And I came across a page about four or five weeks ago and it was Sarah Turney. And it's a young woman in the United States that has a missing sister as well. Now her sister's been missing for 19 years and her sister was 17 when she went missing And again, without a trace. It was like she vanished off the face of the earth and she's worked really hard. She's even gone to the extent of having a very popular podcast and her page just really hit home for me. When I saw it, I thought maybe I can use this platform to just get a bit more interest, just a a bit more. 
it, it can't hurt. Luckily for me, it's been really, really successful so far. Uh, it's been able to generate a lot more interest. My kids watch TikTok a lot, so I hear a lot about it, but I haven't delved too much into it yet. You say you wanted a little bit of traction. You've gained a lot of traction. Explain to us how that happened. With TikTok, the way the platform works is that you can do a 15-second long video or you can do a one-minute long video. Now, I didn't realize the one-minute long one for quite a bit, but something triggered me. I, I saw a comment on my fa- my sister's Facebook page that made me think, right, I'm going to get you people. And I did just a 15-second TikTok saying that I've got the statements and I'm going to start reading them out. I'm going to keep the names concealed because that's not for me to share. But just minute details about what was said. And as soon as I did that, all I said all I said was that I was going to and someone commented, okay, I'm hooked, what's next? So I got a lead about my sister's disappearance, murder, whatever you want to call it on the weekend. And um, it's someone that um, I was a bit surprised, but not, if that makes sense. So what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to watch all the little cockroaches run as I start to read parts of the statements that were provided by her so-called friends, all the ones that uh, bullied her until whatever inevitably happened, happened. So if you want to see it, follow, like and share. And um, I'm going to start doing them one by one. Good morning, TikTok. Well, I have just woken up to 1,030 followers, which is about 900 more than I had yesterday. Thank you so much for all of your interest. And um, it really, really makes a huge difference to all of it. Quick update. Things are happening. There has been definite... um, traction because of all the exposure from both you guys and Facebook and I'm so grateful but we're not there yet. So I had a very interesting conversation this afternoon regarding my sister's disappearance so story time. I spoke to someone today um, that was around when the search party were looking for my sister when she first went missing. Now this person what they had to tell me was very upsetting There were a group of girls, all of whom claimed to be Kylie's friends on the various social media pages that are currently running. And these girls were kind of smug while everyone was doing the search and turned around and said that Kylie got exactly what she deserved. That's charming, isn't it? Kylie got what she deserved. I wonder will they get what they deserve? We can only hope. But... Don't believe the comments and the love that some of the people are posting because it's bullshit. Hey, TikTok. Um, This last week has really taken its toll on me. It's just been really hard. Someone has made a statement, but we're only just starting. It sort of snowballed from this. Someone commented on my video and said, have a look at Sarah Turney's stuff. And I did a video response saying... Because I was quite upset because I'd just received the friend profile at the same time and I was really upset and I disclosed that. I showed that. I showed exactly how I felt and I explained that I was very aware of Sarah's case 
and I was so thankful that I'd seen it because that was what pushed me to go to TikTok with this and not just use it as a fun, silly thing. I am um, very familiar with Sarah's page. It was Sarah's page that inspired me to um, do this. I already had TikTok and just messed about and watched funny videos and stuff, but it was really her page that um, inspired me to start using it to gain exposure for my sister. I've had uh, Help Find Kylie Ann page for around nine years, and um, today has been really, really challenging. As you can see, I'm a bit of a wreck. Tomorrow's Kylie's 35th birthday, and... Um, I can't. Anyway, I've had more exposure in the last week of TikTok than I have in 10 years of Facebook. So thank you so much. And Sarah, if you see this, thank you for inspiring me. And someone shared that to Sarah and she duetted my video. So did a side-by-side -side video with my, my reaction. And um, it really, really escalated things. I, I had a huge increase in followers overnight. Thank you to our patrons. Our patrons help us help people like Kaz to raise awareness around their campaigns. If you can chip in $5 a month, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash pod. Thanks to these patrons. Cat Plant, Laurie O, Laura Yu, Lauren Kingdom, Christy Tassello and Jane Murray. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Coming up, Kat tells us what she's been able to piece together about what happened at the party. 
or what she believes happened on the final night of her sister's life. But first, more tragic circumstances for the family led to Kaz receiving some extra information she needed to pursue the truth. My my father had all the paperwork relating to the case and he had passed that on to a friend to, to just cast a fresh eye over and then that person gave it back and when all the fires happened last year in the region, they thought that my parents' place was at risk and it in fact was and because of that, it was passed on to a family friend and as luck would have it, it was just in time. The property that my sister grew up in burnt to the ground, as did the party house, by the way. And uh, I was visiting the region afterwards and the family friend let me know that they had the, the statements and all of the police information and I had never had access to it. And when I just started to read it, um, and started to realise that the information that I'd been given was just scratching the surface. It was a very, very brief summary of what had happened compared to what the statements were. And um, it really, really lit a fire under me and maybe just want to get these people, just let them know that this is not right. This is not the way you treat your friends. And the right thing to do is let her rest. And so then it has always been my mission to find her, but that really gave me a laser focus. What was it in those statements that you discovered about what may have happened to Kylie on that night? She wasn't treated very nice at all. In fact, there's one particular sentence that was said that really got me and sort of has driven me to this point and that I sort of have as a loop in my head to drive me on. And that is where someone that she was very close to or she thought she was screamed in her face, nobody fucking likes you anyway and no one wants you here. And that was one of the last things that she heard. So that and that alone is the one thing that was, it was like a punch in the gut. It really, really was. It was, okay, she was not at a party with friends. She was not. She was at a party with a group of people that had no regard for her whatsoever. And that changes everything. How many people were at the party that you know of? Unfortunately, that's debatable, but to the best of my knowledge, around 10 to 15, but it's really more like, from what I've been able to work out, more like 15 to 25. It could have even been under 10 from what they've said in the statements, but from everything else I've heard from people that were there, at least half of the people disappeared before there was ever a statement taken. So the um, the general consensus is probably just under 10, if you don't include the family that live there. And, yeah, from what everyone else tells me, 15 to 25, depending on who I'm speaking to. And when you read those statements, 
you actually discovered that it's possible that Kylie may have gone missing the night of the party. Is that correct? Well, yes and no. The statements are all conflicting from something as simple as what she was wearing. There's at least three to four different accounts of that that I've noticed. And the times that are mentioned in the statements all vary. And then separate to that, I've had someone else come to me saying to me that they don't understand why they were never interviewed because one of the people at the party visited them very late that night, maybe even very early the following morning, so around the midnight time frame, saying Kylie's disappeared. So it's up for debate what time she actually left. What I was told originally was she got up, had breakfast, was still angry and left. And was that one account or was that an account from a few people? That was one account about the breakfast and then there's a few others that sort of just said, yeah, she's, she sort of got up in the morning and left around breakfast time and didn't really give a time. And as you said, not everyone who is known to have attended that party gave a statement. That is correct. Was there any common information that came out through reading the statements? Was there any truth that you could see? Only that there was an argument. There is several versions of the same argument. Some are lighter than others. So some describe it as a, a light disagreement. And, you know, like something as simple as there's two girls having an argument and one of them saying, oh, come on, don't be like this. To the other extreme of I don't like the way you're treating somebody and then someone else saying, fuck off, we don't want you here anyway. There's a, a wide range of versions of the same thing. The only thing that I can see a common thread of is that there was an argument. Do you know what the argument was about? Romantic involvements. And and obviously they're 19-year-olds plus at a party, there's going to be drinking. Was there drugs that you knew of at the party? Uh, no one sort of said it, but... It, that's the understanding. No one's put it in a statement, but um, that's their understanding, the general consensus. You do seem to speak quite pointedly to certain people in those videos. The people that were at the party are 100% absolutely watching. There are people that I definitely know are members of the group page on Facebook. And as far as the TikTok goes, I don't know because a lot of a lot of the usernames, um, uh, they don't have to really have their first name in it or anything. And to be honest, I'm at the stage now where I, I sort of don't vet it at all on, on TikTok. I just let it run. And if people watch, they watch. But I do use keywords so that that particular region will get it on their feed. And I've had people come to me and say that they've seen it, they live in the area, they know XYZ person and I know that they're watching. So I make sure that the people that I know were at the party or the people that I believe know what happened, I make sure that they can see I am investigating and I I make sure that they know that I'm not seeking 
any kind of retribution or revenge or anything like that. I really just want to bring my sister home. I just want to lay her to rest. And I know they're watching, so I just make sure that I, I do tell them that. You have had some interesting, I guess, comments, not necessarily from people who may have been there on the night, but other people who have reached out, haven't you? Quite a bit, yes. Look, I, I've i had quite a lot of people, whether they put a comment on the actual page itself that I sort of look at and realise that that person might have a little bit more information or something as extensive as getting an inbox message from somebody giving me a a very, very detailed description of what they've been told or what they've heard or what they sometimes what they've seen. It's never been something that I've really acted upon. It's even though I believe in my heart that the correct channels have failed us to this point, I still believe that it's not up to me to be the judge of what anybody has done. And so it's not up to me to accuse anybody. And that's why I do say to the people on the pages, don't accuse and don't get aggressive. I know what happened to Kylie is an outrage. It absolutely is. It's disgusting what's happened, that she can just vanish and that the people that may know what's going on won't divulge it, but at the same time, it's not for us to do that. Getting getting angry and trying to accuse people is not going to help me get her, her remains back, and that ultimately is what I want. But it must be pretty hurtful to think that if people do know something that could help you do that, they haven't to date revealed that. If, as you said in one of the TikToks, Kylie had killed herself, where is she? Exactly. So, I mean, you know, a a very close friend of mine is a um, funeral director and undertaker and she used to work for a funeral company that had a a contract retrieving bodies and one of the things that she did a lot of was retrieving suicide cases and I can tell you from personal accounts that People that have killed themselves do not have the capacity to bury their own bodies. So if that's the case and they searched extensively, that, let's call it even, let's allow a 12-hour span between her supposedly going missing and the search beginning, there's no way that her body could have evaporated in that state, dissipated into, there's no way it could have gone anywhere. So for me, that rules out suicide. No one heard her jump into a car and run and drive off. They all said that she walked off and all the bushland was searched. So where is she? She left some of her personal possessions behind, didn't she? She did. And, and that's the thing that I have always found really, really confusing because they said that she left her wallet behind. Now, okay, she if she left her wallet behind because she didn't, need it going to the party first of all that's odd because she caught the bus there so she would have had to pay for the bus secondly they said that her phone was left behind initially now she had visited me uh probably i don't know four or five months beforehand and 
she was very proud of that phone. It was a brand new LG back in the day. And it was one of the first that had a color screen. And she was very, very proud of the fact that she had that phone. She'd bought it herself and she loved it. There is no way that a 19-year-old who, for starters, lives in the bush and technology is not something they have a lot of, there's no way she would have left that phone. But the phone was left behind and her wallet was left behind. And we've always been taught to, to keep identification on us, so there's no way. Did your family end up getting those possessions back? No, unfortunately we didn't. They were taken into evidence, as naturally the case would be. So no, we did not get those back. What happened to them? Do you know? From what I have been told, they went missing from the evidence locker at some stage over the course of time. I'm not too sure the precise moment when that happened, but I believe they are no longer in police evidence. So there's a few things happening here, isn't there? There's a lack of information. And as you said, your family very much feels that you were let down by investigation efforts from the outset. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got a following online and people are really keen to know what happens. Are you well supported with this this work you're doing? I am. Um, So as far as family support goes, it's a bit estranged when it comes to my stepmom and my sister, but my partner has been unbelievable during all of this. Even with it ramping right up, he's been super, super supportive of all of all of everything I'm doing. He has said several times, you know, if we need to, if we need to go to the area because it is quite a drive from where we are, that you know we'll go now. And online, I've had quite a bit of support even from people in Ireland and England and the US from all over the world I've been getting more and more support every day and it's really really good to see I mean we do get plenty of support in Australia as well which is great and most recently starting to get support in Kempsey the only thing that I have found surprising with all of it is the amount of people in the Kempsey area that didn't know that the case was still going or that she wasn't found or that there was no restitution at all. They've, the amount of people that have contacted me and said, I didn't know this was still happening. I thought this was closed years ago, which just tells me that there's just not enough exposure in the local area at all. So there was a lovely story done by Ruby Pascoe in the local paper there, which is the McClay Argus, back in July. I would urge anybody that has access to go and read it because it, it does show the perspective from Kylie's mum. It's good to finally have a lot more people in the area starting to know what's going on and that's where a lot of the new information I've gotten is from people that are just finding out that it's still going. Why is it that you think TikTok's such a powerful platform for you? Well, uh, uh, look, I, I think that the younger generation that are the main users of TikTok, they're more... Um, they're more proactive than my generation are. So, you know, when I was a child, if I if I heard or said something that might have been out of turn or something like that, I would never think in a million years to act upon it. I would have just thought, oh, geez, okay, none of my business, that's mum and dad, you know. But this generation are more likely to say, wait a moment, what did you do or what do you know or what did you just say? And they won't put up with it. My son is 23 and he um, he actually started laughing when my followers hit 1,000 and he, he asked me if I was ready um, because 
he said, we don't mess about, mum. You're going to get her back this time because they're going to do it for you. And he's he's been really correct so far. We're up to 5,600 followers today and climbing. And um, it's been a lot of the young people that have contacted me and that, you know, one in particular offered to do the right thing and, and call Crime Stoppers with the information they had. So I've been really, really fortunate in that regard. So, yes, the luckily uh, the future's in good hands, I think. And you feel like you're getting closer to finding Kylie? I really do. And it's one of those things that I, I can't pinpoint it. You know, over the years, you sort of feel really helpless. And you get to a stage where you don't know what else you can possibly do because resources are limited. And that might have been some of what happened there at the time. You know, country towns are limited for resources. So that might be why the, the case didn't go as I hoped it would. But um, now... It's a different story. Do you have a message for anyone who might be listening who may be going through a similar experience to what you're going through? First of all, what I would say is if you do know anything about Kylie's case, I would urge you to call Crime Stoppers first and foremost. Any information can be given anonymously if you feel intimidated or worried or concerned. So I would urge you to do that first and foremost rather than going to your local police station because Crime Stoppers have the capacity to take on what you're, you're going to give them. Secondly, if you're in the same situation that I am going through, which is you've lost a loved one with no answers and nothing to go on and you're given information on the case that you are not satisfied with or you're given information by authoritative people that you are not happy with, I would urge you to go higher, keep investigating, push as hard as you possibly can until you're satisfied with the answer. And it may not be the answer that you want, but it might be the answer that is the right one so that they they might have passed or whatever. But I would urge you to keep going. Don't give up because at the end of the day, you never know what is going to come out of you pushing and urging people to come forward? And, of course, if you do find yourself saying goodbye to someone, whether they're just going down the shops or going on a long trip, make sure that you're happy with the last thing that you said to them because you just don't know when you're going to see them again. There is another page I'm sure you would be aware of, the National Missing Persons Register. Yeah, Nicole's amazing and she was really, really, really helpful back in the early days. I spoke to Nicole quite a bit back then. She was just helping me out, posting whatever she could, whenever she could. Anytime I said, look, can you post it again? She would because of the way she does things. She had designed a really, really good page for Kylie's disappearance. Her profile for Kylie on the missing persons register is probably the most accurate and best account of what happened. The one on the AFP is misspelt and the information is very poor. Thank you to Kaz Schaefer. Her Facebook group is Help Find Kylie Ann Schaefer. Kylie is spelt K-Y-L-E-E. Kaz's TikTok account is Kaz Schaef, that's K-A-Z-S-C-H-A-F, if there's anything discussed in this podcast that's affected you, please phone Lifeline on 131144. Thank you to patrons Nicole Palliser, Renee McDonald, Simone Herlinger, Leslie Elder, Yvonne Slowly, 
and Rich Poop. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime, made in association with the ACAST Creator Network. We'll be back next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there.